faith is in our lives. How many of you are glad for the faith that you have in Jesus Christ? Amen. Amen. Has it grown? Amen. Hallelujah. You know, the older I get, the more value I place on faith. Uh, Bev and I were under a, a demonic attack the last couple days, and we've walked around the house singing praises to God. We've walked around encouraging one another and just talking faith-filled words. I don't know what's going on at your house. I don't know what's going on uh, in your own personal life today, but I do know one thing, that talking faith will change the outcome. Not only talking it, but believing it. Amen? It's two-part, is it not? Believe and confess it with the mouth. So I believe faith needs a lot of exercise, don't you? That's the reason a lot of people are living beneath their rights and privileges, is they don't exercise their faith. Amen? It's got to be exercised. Any of y'all do the physical exercise stuff? A little bit, some of you? All right, yeah, me too. I uh, walk about a mile every morning, get out real early about 6:45 or so and do some walking and just reflecting and having a great time with the Lord but I also exercise my faith every day I live by faith and last week was in the one I have several different hats that I wear but with a, the chemical company that I work for it was the biggest week that I've had in three years but I spoke it amen hallelujah I spoke it Spoke it. Said, God, I'm believing on Monday morning for a blessing. I'm believing that you're going to give increase in favor. And guess what? He did. He did. Amen. Is there power in faith-filled words? Amen. There's so many testimonies in this room. And the Bible has much to say about it. And I'm going to let you know up front, uh, there's going to be uh, three other guys besides me. Or is it four? <laughs> Hey, three, yeah, three other guys besides me sharing today about some different points of faith. We'll get to that in just a minute. So I'm just kind of opening up. But I want us to look just for a moment. Hebrews 11, 6, and I didn't give this uh, to her. She's got the 11, 1, so don't worry about it. It's a short one. Hebrews 11, 6 says, Without faith it is impossible to please God. Without faith it is impossible to please God. You, you know, that, that's pretty powerful, isn't it? Is, is faith important to God? Absolutely. Brother Bob said it. It's, the only ap it's our only avenue of approach to God is through faith. Faith-filled words. You know, it starts with salvation faith. And we're going to have someone talk about that here in just a moment. It starts right there that believing that Jesus came, he died on that cross... He was buried. He was stone cold dead for three days in the tomb. And then he rose again on the third day. It, it, that, that's what we call the foundation of faith, is it not? That's where it all begins, right there. Even as a young man, I heard the story of Jesus. You know, nine, ten years old. And I believed. I believed that he did that. And then over the years, I've seen my faith grow. Has it been attacked? Oh, yeah, just like yesterday. Hello. Amen. But uh, you just have to live by faith. We're going to give that scripture in just a moment. Hebrews 11.1 1 says this, and it's the closest thing to a definition of faith that I've seen in the Bible. There's a lot of, uh, you know, in the Old Testament, 
Faith is only mentioned two times. Only two scriptures that say the word faith. In the New Testament, probably over 300. 300 times you're going to find, starting in Matthew, faith, 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 faith. So in Old Testament terms, it was trust. Trust was used a lot. And those two words are pretty powerful powerful words that you look if you look at them in the Greek and the Hebrews faith is pistis I believe if I remember correctly but Hebrews 11 1 says this again the closest thing to a definition I've seen faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen can I see faith not necessarily right says pretty much right there if you look at the word substance in the old uh, original Greek, that's the foundation is a good definition for that, or the title deed to all of God's provisions. It's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence. You know, it's invisible to the natural sight, but things are perceived as being real. It's hoped for. I believe it. I believe it's going to happen. I'm praying for a need in my life. I'm praying for, for provision. I'm praying for healing. I'm praying for deliverance, whatever. I just see God doing it. Isn't that the bottom line of faith? I just perceive in my spirit. It's the substance. It's the foundation of things hoped for. And then the evidence, that means the proof. And all of my faith is based on knowledge. Knowledge of what? God's promises, God's word. This I don't I didn't bring the book up here, but yeah, knowledge of God's word. We must absolutely unequivocally believe God's word is the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Amen. We stake our claim on what God's word says. And then we watch God work, don't we? Some people never can get to the point of faith because reasoning and rationalization, they've got a mind that tries to reason things and rationalize things. You, you can't reason with, with God and you can't rationalize with God. Some things just happen because God is God and he's bigger. He's so much bigger than you and I that he's on a whole different level. Amen? You know, we, we, I've been studying 50 years nearly now and I'm, I've just scraped the bottom of how big God is and how knowledgeable he is and his wisdom is infinite amen man everlasting to everlasting so we we base our faith on knowledge knowledge of God's word faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God it says it Romans 10:17 so it's based on knowledge we must uh, again believe we must awaken our soul to the truth and stand firm on God's word Faith reaches out and appropriates what is provided. Amen? It's already been provided. You just reach out and grab it and appropriate it. You've got visions. You've got dreams. You just see God moving. You know, uh, Pam and I were, were sharing with me before church today that she had a dream last night. And the enemy, uh, Anyway, it was in this house type thing. I won't share your whole dream. But she was saying that the enemy has come to try to snatch the vision of people. And perhaps even the vision of this church. So how do we stop that? By faith-filled words. Amen? 
Praise God. This dream was so real in her heart, and she may share it with you at some point, but it's faith. Faith shuts the door on fear and doubt and vision, Robin, doesn't it? It it slams the door shut. You're not going to steal this dream and this vision in the mighty name of Jesus. You are not going to, devil. I give you no place. So faith reaches out and appropriates what's provided. The soul, I like what one commentary said, the soul leaps up and embraces the promise. Isn't that good? Oh, wow. That is powerful. The soul leaps up and embraces the promise. That's for somebody today. Faith is based on what God has done and what he has promised solely and completely. Amen. Has God, anybody ever seen God do something for you through faith? I think I may have already asked you that. Amen. Every stinking day. Hallelujah. Let's look. You know, and there's four times, you know, uh, we as Christians... Sometimes we don't even realize it. But we, we have to come to the place where we are living by faith. Every day. Do you realize four times it says that? Let's look. Habakkuk was the first one in the Old Testament, three in the New. Here it says, Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but he shall, but the just shall live by his faith. All right? Romans 1, 17. Uh, here's the, God, the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by what? Faith. Galatians 3.11. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. It is evident for the just shall live by faith. One more time. Hebrews 10.38. Now the just shall live by faith. All right. How many about to get it? I got to live by faith. I got to live by faith. And one of the songs today that Sheila sang, I wrote it down here on a little old bitty piece of paper. My unbelief has kept me from your touch. That just resonated when she was singing, the worship team was singing that. People, there's many people, Christians, living beneath the rights and privileges they don't even realize they're living in unbelief but their mouth is speaking stuff every day over the situation and it's robbing them of the blessings that God has for them they look at the situation they look at the problem and they start talking it talking it talking it and before long it's gotten worse instead of better my unbelief has kept me from your touch it's important is it not that we walk in faith every day so I'm going to wrap up here and turn brother bob he has such a heart for souls this man has won many many people to christ down in the denton texas area in the dallas uh he's he's got a little bit of texan in him we still love him hallelujah but uh anyway he's a dear brother dear brother of mine and i've asked these three i'm going to call them faith-filled men of god because they all three are very much faith-filled men of god but he's going to come and talk to you our faith starts with salvation faith. So he's going to talk about that today. Welcome, Brother Bob, would you? Woo. Hallelujah. First of all, I want to just say a quick prayer that 
God help me, and that hopefully whatever I say or expound upon, you guys may be able to find something, some solid ground there that you can hold on to also. Dear Heavenly Father, we just come before you right now, Lord. I pray, Lord, that this is a day that you have made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Father God, I just praise you, Lord, that you're with each and every one of us here today. I pray, Lord, that our hearts are open and our minds are full of your word and your love. And pour out your grace upon me, Lord. Keep me humble. Allow me to walk in your presence and in your light. Guide me and direct me with your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, pastor asked me last week about this, and I kind of was a little bit in a shock, but said, okay. I've been really having some tests with my faith. Some of y'all know some of my situation, but it is, uh, I really truly believe I was talking to Sandra, and I think that we have been tested, and we have been tried, and we have found that the devil has done everything he possibly can do to try to keep us from doing what God has called us to do. And he will do that, especially when you step out in faith, believing and trusting on God. Uh, the pastor said it, and the scripture says it, that uh, um, Romans 1, 16 through 17 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and then also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. And I know that we as Christians must follow in the faith that we accept Christ. It is through faith that we do receive the salvation because we cannot see God. We can see what he has done, but we can't see him. And many don't understand this, but we have to believe and trust in faith that God is real and that God is who he says he is and that Christ Jesus was born of a virgin and that he grew up on this earth. He sacrificed and gave his life and laid down his life and shed his blood for each one of us. It says by his stripes we are healed. And that is through faith. We must believe and trust in that. And it also says that we must believe and trust that he rose from the grave. Because if he did not rise from the grave, there is no resurrection. And without the resurrection, then where would we be? Where would any of us be? But we must trust and believe this in faith. And it is through that faith that we overcome all the situations that are in front of us. I've written down many verses on faith, and I don't know if I'll use all these or not, but I am going to do the best I can. Now, the Bible says in Hebrews 11, 1 and 3, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. That's kind of a strange thing, but faith is the substance of things hoped for. I hope and believe and know 
that God is healing me right now as I stand here. I know that God is healing Lisa. And I know that he's touching all you other ones out there that have prayed for something and you have a healing situation in your life. God is touching you. And he is moving upon you. I know that without a doubt. I know that my God is faithful and he is just and he loves each and every one of us. The Bible also says, and Pastor already went out on this one, it's Hebrews 11.6, it says, But without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. In Ephesians it says, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. And it's not of works, lest any man should boast. That is a scripture I've used many times out in the field or talking to somebody about the Lord. That they got to understand it is through faith that we are saved. And it's not of ourselves. We cannot get ourselves to heaven by just doing good works. Good works will, it's all great. And I don't have any problem with good works. I would rather see people doing good works than evil. But. It will not get you to heaven until you accept and you put Jesus Christ first in your life. And he must be the one that is in your life and guides your life and directs your life, keeps you safe. He puts his angels around about you. He actually builds a hedge around you so that the devil cannot come against you. And the devil tries. Oh, yeah, he'll try. He'll try. Look what happened to Job. You know, the devil begged God to let him have a way with Job, and he did. God opened the door, allowed it, but Job still stood fast, and he believed upon God and trusted God no matter what, no matter what. All the situation, he lost everything, but God blessed him and restored him. Anyway, I know that he said I had five minutes, maybe six, stretching it, but oh well, who knows how long that will go. But, folks, I know that each and every one of you here, most of you are already Christians and believe upon God. I know that all y'all believe that Jesus is Lord and Savior of your life. And I know that there's a portion of faith given to every man. And it only takes the faith the size of the grain of a mustard seed to move a mountain. So all we have to do is just trust in him. That word trust, like the pastor said, was used in the Old Testament many, many times, but it still applies in the New Testament too. It's through that trust in his faith, in the faith that we have in Christ, knowing that he will produce and that he will do all that he has told us through his promises. God has promised us so many promises. There's so many promises in the Bible, and... We just must find the promise that fits our need and call upon him and listen to him. Um, God's been working very hard on me recently about the lost souls. And he's always had that on my heart. But here in the last days, and I mean I really truly believe we're living in the very last days on this earth. 
I can't tell you really how much that it is on my heart that this is truly the end of days. And I know that God has called, called me to find lost souls and preach the word and to put out the word and that that word will not return void, but it will produce that which he has called it to do. Whatever we say in God's word, when we take God's word and put it out there, we may just plant a seed. And then later on, somebody else may come along and water that seed. And then later on, somebody may come along and get to reap that seed. But whatever we do, it's for God, and it's for his glory. And we should stay humble and not worry about those that, when we go and talk to them, that they don't give their heart to God at that time. Because maybe they just have to dwell upon that seed that you just planted that day and think upon that. And maybe they can try to get it in their head that there really is something missing in their life. And we're all missing this one thing. There's a void in us, and that's Jesus. We've got to have Jesus in our life. Anyway, it is through faith that we believe upon Jesus. It's through faith that we trust in God. It's through faith we have our being. It is through faith that we understand the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. There are nine gifts of the Spirit, and God bless us. Every one of them is operating in faith. You cannot operate in any of those gifts unless you step out in faith. All of them call for a movement of faith. So that's my message, I guess, for five minutes. I hope it's been that long. I didn't even go over half the scripture. I probably got enough scripture here to last 30 or 40 minutes, but it's okay. I just feel like that's what God wanted me to say, and that's where I went. So praise God. I love you all. And uh, the rest of them here will have another message, too. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. Awesome job. Amen. Is that building your faith up? Amen. Hallelujah. Saving faith. I'm glad one day I knelt at an altar and asked Jesus into my heart and life. Amen. And I know he saved me. He washed me. He cleansed me again because of his, uh, the promise in his word. Brother John's going to come, and he's going to talk about healing faith. Anybody ever exercised healing faith? Amen. For yourselves and for others and uh, he uh, has been healed uh, himself uh, he was laying flat on his back and well, he may share this with you so I better not share it actually I'm gonna let him is that okay I don't want to steal his uh, testimony here today but I have seen God do so many wonderful miracles of healing so you can't tell me God doesn't still heal uh, we've actually had two people and I've mentioned this before brought back to life in this church that were uh, the doctors had uh, pretty much said they were they, they were uh, going to die but they're still alive today both of them and that's some of them it's been four or five years so healing faith brother john come and tell us all about it you go around that way and i'll go this way okay. we'll play ring around the rosy that works thanks pastor so like pastor said uh I personally have received many healings, and it is something that you will never forget when it happens to you. Um, and it allows you to take that and share it with people that are 
I, I know most of you in this room have ministered to people, have seen people, have seen people hurting. Um, and it gives you ammunition that you can take and speak into their lives. The word of God and healing and what he wants to do for you. When it's happened to you, it, people need to understand that healing is real. Um, and not just physical healing, but most importantly, spiritual healing. So, a dictionary version of healing, or of healing faith, a belief or a conviction with a complementary ideal of truth. Faith is not a mere intellectual stance, but a belief that leads to action. I kind of agree with that. But the Bible says in Hebrews 11.1 1, that we just read and heard a couple times. Anybody remember? Oh, yeah, see, it's right there. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So if you have an illness or an ailment, you can't see that illness or ailment unless it's a broken bone or something like that. So you have to rely on faith that God knows whatever's wrong with you and that he is going to correct and fix whatever that might be. So Hebrews 11, the faith chapter in the Bible, if you ever want to or you're in a position that you need to build your faith up, just open the Bible to that and start reading. Those are mighty men and women of faith throughout the Bible. So, what is healing faith? It's an unshakable faith in Jesus. We look at Matthew eight seventeen, and this is from Isaiah, Isaiah 53, 4. It says that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, He himself took our infirmities and bore our sickness. So let me expound on that a little bit. Brother Bob just talked about salvation faith. If you believe that Jesus Christ paid the price for you and your salvation is true and fixed within him, then isn't your infirmities and sicknesses also? Did not he overcome everything of this world? No matter if it's spiritual or man-made, no matter. Jesus paid the price and has overcome everything. So if we can trust that our salvation rests in Jesus, then why do we not trust that our healing rests in him too? In uh, James 5, 14 through 15, we see that if you believe in Jesus and you have faith and you're a part of a church we see that you do this if anyone among you sick let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord and the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up and if he has committed sins he will be forgiven 
No, that's something that only happens in a church. Because it takes Holy Spirit, faith-filled believers that are going to lay hands on their brothers or sisters and remove. You're not going to go to a doctor and he's going to anoint you with oil and pray over you to relieve you of your illnesses or sicknesses. So, the blind man we see in Mark ten forty eight says that many warned him to be quiet because he was crying out to Jesus. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And then in verse 51, So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabbanoi, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. Another example in Matthew 15 Verses 24 through 28. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not good to take children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. She was a Gentile woman, but yet she had faith enough in what she had seen and heard of this man named Jesus Christ that she knew without doubt that he could heal her daughter. And even though she was a Gentile and not privileged to eat from the same table as the Jews in that time, she knew that she could get just a piece of Jesus, just a crumb of Jesus, just anything of Jesus that her daughter could be healed. So I ask, will your faith heal you? Who's the first person that you call? Jesus or your doctor? In Jeremiah 17, 14. Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved. For you are my praise. On Tuesday nights in the minister's class, we're we're studying the book of healing. And Pastor mentioned a little bit. Healing faith is lacking within our churches. It's not taught much. It's not believed in much. It needs to come back. It's really easy if you don't have enough faith to be in church and get prayed over and think that you're healed and go outside into the world and the first person you encounter takes it away from you. You have to stand steadfast upon your faith that you are healed and believe it and believe it and claim it and 
over and over and over because it goes back again to the brother Bob. If you believe wholeheartedly that you are saved from now on through Jesus Christ, then have that same faith in knowing that you are healed. Laying in bed, unable to walk, crying, praying, not knowing what to do. Couldn't go to, well, I could go to doctors, but for one, I didn't want the bills, and two, I didn't want another surgery, and three, I'm stubborn. So, laying in bed, and I remember that day specifically, and this is not my only healing, but this is one of the big ones. I, when pastor would call, I, I, I was not going to church functions. I was missing church. I couldn't walk up on the stage and pastor called me to come up and say something or open up in prayer. So I'm laying in bed, and the family went to church, and they were praying for me after service, at the end of service. And laying in bed, I could feel, I could feel that laying in bed. I'm going to try not to cry. So, laying in bed, I knew they were praying for me. And I had been praying. And in the midst of the prayers, I hear, get up and walk. And I didn't do it. So, I keep laying there, feeling sorry for myself, and I hear it again. A little sterner said, get up and walk. So, I said, what do I have to lose? So I threw the blankets off, and I twisted around, and I stood up, and I haven't stopped since. James 1.3 says, and this will happen to anybody. This is what I was just talking about. Somebody steals your faith. Oh, I didn't give that to Bev. I'm sorry. Sorry, Bev. Uh, James 1.3 says, if any of you lacks... Wait, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience... But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Healings, ailments, sicknesses, they can test you. They can test you to your very core. And some of them are prolonged illnesses that last for years. And doctors can't do anything about it. They can't fix it because a lot of times it's a spiritual thing. We need to understand that. Instead of rushing to the doctor to get put on medications, we need to understand that a lot of times these things are spiritual. And it's a fight that you have to wage. It's a, bad, it's a spiritual battle that you need to get involved in and not run and get put on more medications and more chemicals in your body. It's something that, that, something that can be very hard, very trying. But in the end, what it produces will be so beautiful and brilliant that you can take that and use that for so many other things. It's just amazing 
So we all have aches and pains, ailments, things that plague us every day, some more than others. And yes, Jesus can take away all those things from you in an instant. And no matter what has been diagnosed over you, Jesus has the answer. But one thing, one disease that we're all born with is a disease called sin. And I'm telling you that Jesus Christ is the only cure for that disease of sin. Luke 5.31 Jesus answered and said to them, Those who are well and have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Who's the great physician? Jesus Christ. We need him in every part of our lives. Everything. And I urge you, Please bring that sin, that sickness, whatever it is, and lay it at the feet of Jesus. Especially that disease of sin before it kills you. Let him be your savior. Let him be your healer. Let him be everything that you need in your life. Thank you. Praise God. Can God heal? Amen. Amen. This entire, again, series today, uh, all of these, there's, there's a, a pattern to this. Some people never get to the first level. They never even believe in Jesus Christ as Savior. Right? But thank God millions have and billions. Amen. And then some never see God as healer. They, and so they live sick and beneath and below and, and, and on and on goes the story on that. And then some, you know, there's not only salvation, but there's baptism in the Holy Spirit. And there's a majority, I would say, of churches today do not even teach on the fullness of the Holy Spirit, which greatly concerns me because I know in my own life, Acts 1-8 says, you shall receive power. I wouldn't be here today had I not been baptized in the Holy Spirit as a young age. The enemy would probably have taken me out long, long time ago. So I'm thankful for the fullness of the Spirit, the baptism of the Spirit. Brother Terry's going to come. It's a near and dear to his heart, and he's going to share with you the fullness of the Holy Spirit. God bless you, brother. That's hard for an old man to step up like that. That's the power of the Holy Ghost, though. Amen. I'll be 64 years old this month. Wow. feel like I'm 34 still. Praise God. Power of the Spirit. You know, when we talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we're looking at two different groups. Those who have already received the baptism and those who have not. Now, to those who have already received the baptism, I just want to very briefly address, you should be so equipped to lead others into the scriptures that show that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is something that's subsequent to salvation. Uh, that's what hinders a lot of folks. I grew up in the Baptist church, and I'm thankful for all the things that I learned as a kid in the Baptist church. 
But one of the things they don't teach is the fullness of the Spirit. They believe that you get it when you get saved. So for those of you who may need to share these scriptures, you should know and be rooted in Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost, and understand that the disciples received the uh, salvation and the indwelling of the Spirit before the day of Pentecost when Jesus breathed on them and said, Receive ye the Spirit. That's what their born-again experience. Then 50 days later at Pentecost, they came and the Holy Spirit fell on them. Acts chapter 8 is probably the clearest definition where Philip went, down to, went up to Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And it says that they believed and were water baptized. And then later, after the disciples heard in Jerusalem, the apostles heard that Samaria had received the Spirit, they came down and laid hands on them. They got filled with the Holy Ghost, spake in tongues. That was de- that's just as clear as it gets there. It's, it's after salvation. Acts chapter 9. There's only five really chapters that, that outline this. Acts 2, 8, 9, 10, and 19. Well, Acts chapter 9 is uh, Paul's conversion. Remember when Paul was on his way to persecute some Christians? He wasn't saved or nothing. All of a sudden, the risen Jesus shows up. Knocks him off the animal he was riding. I don't know about you, but I'm saved when I see he gave, Lord, who are you? He said, I'm Jesus, who you've been persecuting. He's saved. That, that's all it takes. That's all, that's all it takes. When you realize Jesus is real and that he forgives you even though you're a murderer, you're saved. And then some days later, after he goes blind to this place, God had instructed someone to go lay hands on him, fill him with the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 10, the household, now this is a good one here, because the household of Cornelius was Gentiles that Peter was preaching to, and I really honestly believe this is God's, what God really desires for all of us. As soon as they heard the word, they believed, and then the Holy Ghost fell on them, and they were speaking in tongues. All happened, boom, right there. We, it's not something we have to wait for. Pentecost happened 2,000 years ago. <laughs> so we can get it all in one ball of wax right now. If we have faith, that's all it takes. Uh, so, and then finally, Acts chapter 19, you remember Paul, uh, Paul goes preaching in Ephesus and finding some disciples, uh, finding some believers. He said, have you received the Holy Spirit when you believed? Well, no, we haven't even heard that there is. Well, then he did a little bit of teaching, laid hands on them. They're filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues. So, There's your five instances. And so those of you who are filled, really study out Acts chapter 2. Memorize these things. Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 9, Acts chapter 10, and Acts chapter 19. And be able to share that with people and clearly show them. Because those of you who have not received, are. it's not that you don't want it. I know that. It's that there's some confusion and misunderstanding. If you're like me, you were raised in a church that taught that this isn't for today. So you're automatically battling the devil... You know, and it's going to take faith to overcome this. So, uh, I want to just, uh, I chose a scripture. Bev, can you pull up the scripture? Now, this is an interesting passage of scripture in the book of uh, Luke. Because this is right after Jesus tells a little story about the persistent neighbor. Remember, he's, Give me, give me some bread. Give me some bread. I need some bread. My, I got some company that came over. No, go, go. I, I'm asleep. No, 
I need it now. And the, he just persistently finally got what he needed. Well, this, then Jesus says, So I say unto you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more Will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? (laughs) So, this passage, it says it all. you got to be persistent. you got to be hungry. If you're already saved and you've heard that there's something more, that ought to spark your interest. Now, if it doesn't, there's a big red flag. We we need to pay attention to red flags in our life, Pastor. We, We... This is how we can gauge a lot of things. Wow, if I'm not passionate about lost people, there's something wrong with me. If I'm not passionate about certain things, there's something really lacking in me. Well, the thing about the Holy Spirit is you've got to be asking for it. And the reason why I chose this, Jesus makes it clear. If I'm because a lot of people struggle. Well, you know, you've heard that tongues is of the devil, and you're fighting all these things that we've all had to overcome. There's not one person who's got the fullness of spirit that didn't have to overcome these same issues. And you just got to understand, uh, you know, how many of you growing up as a kid heard your mom or dad tell you something and you didn't want to do it? Well, how come I got to do that? Because I said so. You ever heard that? Well, listen. It's because God said so. How come I got to believe in the Holy Spirit? How come we got to go through? Because he said so. And that makes it true. That makes it right. That makes it something we should earnestly desire. Hello, Lord, I need it. I haven't got the baptism yet. What's wrong? I need it, Lord. I'm not giving up. That's, God will pay attention to that. Sometimes, listen, God doesn't ever get in a hurry, and if there's wavering and doubts in your mind, it's not going to happen. He's waiting for you to get so hungry that you will not be denied. And listen, church, here's the most important thing. We're living in a day and age where without this, I feel sorry for you. doesn't mean you're going to go to hell. This is not a salvation issue at all. This is a power issue. This is an issue of becoming an overcomer. Overcoming sickness and disease. Overcoming doubt. Overcoming things. Being empowered to share and evangelize. Share your faith. Give your testimony. To uh, give power to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. Which are so vitally important for the building up of the church. The edification of the body of Christ comes through these gifts. And these gifts... Don't come to those who have not received the fullness of the Spirit. It's just that simple. So, 
This is a day and age where we've got to be hungry for the baptism of the Spirit. And you can rest assured when I'm asking for the baptism of the Spirit, God's not going to give me the spirit of the devil. Take that to the bank, man. And, and, and so there's just simply not time to teach on tongues and the gifts and all these things. But listen, listen to the pastor, the, the, the church where God's placed you. Listen to the teachers he's placed in the place where you're at and what's being taught and do it. I know we've been using, you know, Karen Bryan over here a lot, but listen, this is, this, is a, this is a testimony of what faith is. Five years of struggles. God doesn't get in a hurry. God had to show my son some things. He had to show him some things about himself. He had to show Kara some things about herself. But the devil comes along and says, your marriage is over. I got him. He's going to die. But no, faith, faith overcomes that bulldog faith that would not be denied that hung in there even when people said I'd give up on him if I were you no hang in there hang in there persistently keep believing and God honors that and that's what we need if we want the baptism of the Holy Spirit I'm just going to end with uh, with this one thing man just I urge you this week, if you have not received the baptism, to begin to desire it. Include this in your prayer time. Because once you receive it, it'll change your entire walk with God. And you will come to new levels that you never, ever dreamed of that you could walk in. Amen. Love you guys. Thank you, brother. Hallelujah. The fullness. How many want it all? It's like a buffet, isn't it? Why not plunge in and get the whole, the, what is it, full meal deal? Amen. Why stop at salvation or healing? The fullness of the Spirit. And he, you know, talking a lot to those who haven't received. And I want to challenge you that have received. How long has it been since you spoke in tongues? It's not just a one-time gift, amen? You should be exercising, there's that word again, exercising that gift frequently, amen? I do, you know, Paul said he did. Speak in tongues more than you all, so, again. All right, now Juan's coming, that's me today. <laughs> Juan will rev you up, won't he? Hallelujah. He's watching today. I love you, brother. <laughs> Hallelujah. He gets wild and crazy up here. His, his subject was going to be overcoming the devil through faith. And Terry touched on this right at the very uh, last there regarding Brian and Kara for five years. I mean, it was the enemy trying to take them out. They had to overcome him through faith. Amen. Just Kara, Pam, Terry, different ones praying and standing. Brian is coming in, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You see, Satan doesn't want any of you here, even here today. He sure doesn't want you to live in a, a spirit-filled, uh, joyful, wonderful life. He wants to steal your joy, your peace, your family, everything about, about you. 
So we overcome the devil by faith. You know, Jesus saw this. Let's look at Luke 22. Just really quick here. How many has got seven more minutes? I only get seven minutes too, okay? I'm not going to do anything different than the right now. Some of them went over a little bit, though. I know. How many enjoying this today? It's a faith seminar, basically, in a nutshell. Faith seminar in a nutshell. We could go on. Every one of these guys could go on for 30 minutes. But the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. And when you are converted, strengthen your brethren. There are several things that stand out to me in these two verses of Scripture. Number one, Peter was already converted. He already knew Jesus. We're in Luke 22. We're towards the end of Jesus' ministry. Peter already knew Jesus. It, he knew that he was, Jesus read his mail and saw that he was going to fall away, didn't he? Towards the end, what does he do? He tells him, you're going to deny me three times. And, and we preached on that not too long ago. So he said, when you're converted, you're going to strengthen your brethren because what I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail. It didn't fail, did it? Jesus prayed for him. How many of you know we can pray over people too with the same authority? When they're under attack, is it important for us as Christians to pray for those that their faith is being attacked? Their family, their homes, whatever it is, they're being attacked. And just this week, you know, several different ones that I've uh, talk to under attack of the enemy. We need to pray for them like Jesus. Did he care enough about Peter? Because he saw his potential, didn't he? That he prayed for him. I've prayed. He said Satan has desired. If you look at that word in the original Greek, it means he's demanded. Satan has demanded. Kind of like Brother Bob mentioned a while ago how that uh, the Lord had to ask permission to even attack Job. Remember that story? Job chapter 1. He had to ask for, you know, I see this guy down here, he's doing great. Let me add him and I'll tear him up. I'll, he'll, 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 you know, he'll deny you and be out of this uh, race of faith. So he demanded, he wanted Peter. The enemy did, didn't he? But Jesus said, no, he's, he's going to do great exploits for me. So again, hallelujah. We put the enemy in his place, don't we? One more scripture really quick. I want to say this as we're going there, Ephesians 6. Every battle you win makes you stronger. Every battle that you win makes you stronger. Some of you are a threat to the devil. Hallelujah. You're a threat to the devil. Hallelujah. Because you have put him in his place and even done more than that. Amen. God has blessed you because of your faith in him. So Ephesians 6, we all know this. I'm just going to read it and, and let the Spirit touch your heart as we read it today. We know about the armament of God. Amen. We could do a whole series. We could do four or five uh, probably sermons on this one text here. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Wow. And having done all, what? To stand. 
Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, here it is, what? Above all what? Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. Woo! Hallelujah. Anybody got your shield with you today? Has some arrows been coming in? Mm, bam, 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 bam. I, I use mine left hand or right hand. Amen. Praise God. Either one. Because they come from all directions, don't they? Praise God. You, you keep that shield of faith. I mean, these other things are important. The helmet of salvation, the belt of truth, and the feet shod, and all of that. And the, but the shield of faith, quenching all the fiery darts of the enemy. And then the last verse here, I think there's one more. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirits, which is the word of God. That quenches the fiery darts. That stops the devil, does it not? Hallelujah. Give him no place. Amen. Remember that series or sermon not long ago. No opportunity, no place, no advantage. Hallelujah. Let's stand together. I'm winding down. I want to say this in closing today. The Christian life is a decision followed by a process. It's a decision followed by a process. And in some circles, we talk about this in minister's training class, sanctification. Is that an ongoing process? Am I sanctified the day I asked Jesus into my life? Yes, I am. But it's an ongoing process. Process. And it's the same way with faith. Your faith can grow or it can be diminished. So it's very important, and we teach and preach it all the time here, the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the Word of God. All of these four things that we've talked about here today, salvation, healing, the fullness of the Spirit, overcoming the devil. And there's a look at we could talk about several other things. It's all appropriated by faith. You know, things that used to trip you up shouldn't be tripping you up now. Amen? Things that used to, you know, you, know, you, you did warfare. You did battle. Now, you, they don't get you anymore because your faith has grown. It's increased in that attack. But then there's some that's, you know, the enemy has come and attacked and he's won the battle. So if he's attacked you and you can look at your life and see that, the enemy, that you've slidden backwards a little bit, you're going to have to sharpen your sword. Amen. Amen. You're going to have to sharpen that booger up a little bit more. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the joint and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intent of the heart. So the enemy's come against you. He's tried to steal from you. We sang a song Wednesday night. I went to the enemy's camp and I took it back. Everything. The locust and the canker worm tried to eat up. I go in and I take it back today. So as we sing, as she sings this song today, I pray that your faith has grown today. Just, just it has to have. If your ears have been open at all today, your faith has had to grow right here in this spot today.
I bet there's been 20 different scriptures that's been shared today. So if the devil's been knocking you down and beating you up, just begin to confess the word of God that you've heard today as she sings this song. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. God. 
so much faith in this place today. So much faith. that were tried to be snatched, squelched in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Somebody receive that right now. The devil's trying to snatch your vision. It's not going to happen. Not on this watch. Hallelujah. It's not going to happen in the name of Jesus. Not going to happen. Thank you, Jesus. For the power of faith. God, it's simple. A little child can exercise it and see miracles. Childlike faith. Standing firm on the Word of God and receiving. Believing and receiving. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Praise your name. Hallelujah. 2 Timothy 4, 7, 8. You know, there's, there is a reward. I want to close today, and we're going to have communion. But 2 Timothy 4, 7 and 8, there's a reward for living a faith life down here. Amen? There's a reward. Paul said, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them that love his appearing. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Payday's coming, isn't it? Payday is coming. You may have fought and you got tired of, you know, I don't like fighting, do you? I've never liked fighting. Now, Corey could probably teach me some things about fighting. He was quite a scrapper back in his younger days, right? <laughs> Amen. I, I've never, I'm a lover. <laughs> I'm, not a, I'm not a fighter. But this, this life that we're living down here, it's a fight to the finish line, isn't it? Well, Paul would not say that unless he had gone through some battles, wouldn't you think? I've fought a good fight, but I've kept the faith. Oh! I've kept the faith. Amen? Praise God. The devil may have gotten a few things from me, but he hasn't got my faith. And he's never going to get it. That's right, Patrick. He's never going to get my faith. Amen? I'm going to believe. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm going to ask Bob and Jonathan to come. And they're going to stand down here with, uh, with these elements today. And we're going to go into communion. I think this is very, very appropriate today that... We look unto Jesus. That's another scripture. Looking unto Jesus, the what? Author and the finisher of our faith. So we're concluding this service today by looking unto Jesus, by remembering Jesus. Amen? We remember what he did for us. So I'm going to ask you just to lead out over here, Susan, in this section and come by and just uh, uh, 
pick up these elements and then together we're going to share in Holy Communion. You know, a while ago, uh, Terry was talking about the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit and being baptized. And the Lord showed me something and he spoke to me a few years ago and really opened my eyes up about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I couldn't understand why people would not go and get the Holy Ghost or would not get filled with the Spirit of God. And the Lord showed me it was like when you're, if you remember when you have a Christmas and there's all those presents under the tree and all those presents that's got your name on them and how happy you are. There's this one present that's got your name on it, and you don't open it, and you just let it sit there. It makes no sense. Why? Why would we allow the Holy Spirit, one of the greatest gifts that God could ever give mankind, to just sit there and not be received? You have to open that gift. You have to open that box. God is there. And he will fill you with the Spirit. It's just that simple. It really is. We make it too hard. We have a hard time understanding that simple thing. But it's just that simple. It's a gift that is there waiting for you. So if you don't have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, when we get done doing communion, I would say, come on up here and let us pray with you. Let us pray. Because... There'll be people to come up and pray with you to help you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Okay? Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Come on by and receive these elements today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
we believe, worship, confidently. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 Someone here today, you just received a nugget in your spirit from one of these men of God today, and it's going to come in great need this next week. So when the Holy Spirit brings that up into your spirit next week, you just keep repeating it over and over and over what the Holy Spirit showed you during this service today. And the enemy is going to be stopped in the name of Jesus. Get ready. Jesus warned Peter of something to come. And I'm telling you, get, get ready to exercise your shield of faith and your sword of the Spirit next week, okay? And it's, it's going to seem like nothing once you're through it, okay? It's, it's going to be like nothing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, thank you. Thank you for faith. Thank you. We believe and we receive every time. We stand firm on your word, God. Thank you, Jesus. That last, the last night that Jesus was here, he course met with his disciples there in the upper room and called them there together for a meal together realizing that his hour had come and he did something unusual he reached out on the table and took the bread and broke it and said this is my body which is broken for you this do in remembrance of me and they broke it and partook together and then he also reached out and took the cup that was there and said this is my blood which is shed for you. This do in remembrance of me. It's something that's around the world today and many, many churches, communion is being offered and presented. And I pray that we understand the significance of it in the believer's life. Amen? Very, very important. We're remembering Jesus. That's what this is about today. It's not how many times we do it. It's not the hour of the day, four times a month, three times a week, it's remembering Jesus, whether it's three times a day, amen? It's remembering Jesus. You can have communion in your home, amen? Some of you do. We had some a week ago or so over at Pam and Terry's, just remembering Jesus. It reminds you of the covenant, amen, that he has made with us. And So today, let us take the bread Let's partake of it today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your broken body. Oh, thank you, Lord. The person you healed today, Lord, it was because of your broken body. Isaiah saw it. Peter saw it. Look back at it. We see it today, and we receive not only salvation for our souls, but healing in our bodies right now in the name of Jesus. By your stripes, we were healed. Hallelujah. Let's partake of the cup together. Thank you. We remember the shed blood. Lord, though we were not there, we read your word and we believed. 
you died for the sins of mankind. Every man, woman, boy, girl, Lord, you gave your life for us. You paid the debt of sin that we owed. We owed a debt that we couldn't pay in ourselves. And you said, I'll pay their debts with my life, with my blood. Thank you, Jesus. Just thank him, church. Thank him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Ooh, for saving me, for healing me, for baptizing me in the Holy Spirit, for giving me power over all the enemy, power over all the flesh. The flesh will not rule and reign in my body. Hallelujah. Only the spirit man. Thank you, Lord. Brother Bob had a heart today for someone perhaps needing the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you would like to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, please step down here today. And we'll pray for you to receive. Terry shared all the scriptures, Acts 2, 8, 9, 10, 19. John 7, 38, 39, Jesus said that those of you that believe should receive. You should. Jesus highly recommended it. Amen. If you're not filled today and you'd like to be. Anybody? All right. Hallelujah. If you haven't been filled, be thinking about it. Be praying about it. Ask, seek, knock, as the scripture was shared today. God bless you. I hope you all have a wonderful long weekend and you get to rest and just to enjoy. Amen. God bless you.